All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the uh, the great wedding we had yesterday. I pray that you'd go before uh, Sean and Sarah and bless their life together. Uh, thank you for your word, and uh, I pray that you would bless the uh, conversation this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> uh, so the last couple times that I have um, uh, done Sunday school, we've talked about the old the context for the Old Testament. And so I'm continuing to work through that. That's uh, just something that I've been reading and, and interested in. And Dan said if he needs a sub that I could do that. So uh, you can see I've got a map up here of the uh, ancient Near East. So this is the Mediterranean here. So it's kind of the edge of the Mediterranean. Nile, Egypt, Arabia, and then kind of to the east. Um, I actually printed out a couple sort of rough copies of this, so I'll pass those out too. There's like five, six, so maybe each row each row gets one. Um, let me see if I... Yeah, could one of you guys maybe pass out one per row? This is a... So you'll have to share. <clears throat> um, but, all right, so we last time we talked about leading up to the... We talked about the temple... And leading up to the uh, kind of the uh, the Babylonian captivity. Okay, so a good date for the Old Testament and kind of the uh, the uh, an anchor date is uh, David is King David and sort of the United Kingdom of Israel, which is one thousand BC. So one thousand BC is a little bit of kind of where we start, and that's, um, that's when David reigns. <clears throat> now, last time we talked about uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, where he, he uh, saw the statue, and it was four different kind of portions. Thank you. And uh, we talked about the four kingdoms that those four portions of the, uh, of the statue represented. So we'll look a little bit at that. Um, but before we get to Nebuchadnezzar, we have the Assyria, the kingdom of Assyria, which is here. The capital of Assyria is Nineveh. Obviously, we know about Nineveh from Jonah. Um, Nineveh, Nineveh at one point was the largest city in the world. <clears throat> and um, it's on the, we have these two rivers here. It's on the northern one. Anybody tell me the name of these two rivers? Tigris is one. Yes, Tigris and Euphrates. I believe this Tigris, and this is the Euphrates. I should have labeled them. So these are important because uh, when you learn about like anything ancient, you learn about the Fertile Crescent, which basically is this arch from up going up the rivers all the way down to the Holy Land where Jerusalem is, and it's what they call like the seat of civilization. That's where um, civil, civilization started. So all our oldest cultures and artifacts and stuff come from that area. Um, so anyways, we're not going to go back to like 3,000, 4,000, all that kind of stuff. We're just going to start at 1,000 because the, in 1,000 with David, you really have the height of power in uh, Israel at that point. They spread the farthest. They have the most influence. And then you have this Assyrian uh, nation that starts to rise soon after that, so in the 800s and the 700s. And that's when they start to conflict with Israel. 
So we read about, I think, five Assyrian kings in Israel um, as they start to make expeditions into um, the Holy Land. And um, so five of the Assyrian kings come into Israel, at least we hear about them in the Bible. Four more, you actually, they're not in the Bible, but if you see their like their remains and their artifacts and stuff, they write about different kings in Israel. So they're not even mentioned in the Bible, but they mention characters from um, biblical, uh, the biblical accounts. <clears throat> so you've got a lot, of, a lot of interaction as it starts to spread. So we'll put kind of the rise of Assyria here as the next power, and that it takes us, that's kind of 900 to like 700. And it's in these early or late 8th century B.C. when you hear about uh, Tiglath-Pileser and Shalmaneser and Sennacherib who all come into, um, they take over Israel, the ten tribes of Israel, but they can't, they can't conquer Jerusalem. <clears throat> so they get all, all the way in here. They don't quite get, they are not able to conquer Jerusalem. Uh, so that's Assyria. So then we, we pick up with um, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. So Babylon is next. Babylon is sort of the next great power that starts to interact with Israel. And we have what we read last week, which is the uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the four statue, the, or the statue with sort of the four different metals. And we started to walk through, well, what are those different, uh, what do those represent? <clears throat> okay. Um, so we have been over that, so I don't know. We won't go into that into too much detail, but can anybody remember what those four pieces of the statue were? The top's the head. What was the head made out of? Head of gold. Yep. So in that statue, we had a head of gold, and then the next was, yep, silver chest of silver, and then... Bronze was the kind of the middle, middle thigh of bronze, and iron. Oops, legs of iron. This the legs are of iron, and then the feet. There's ten toes, and they're mixed with clay. So you have legs, and then the ten toes. Okay. <clears throat> And the head of gold, we're told, represents Babylon. Okay, so, um, all right, so um, Nebuchadnezzar is kind of the first great king of Babylon. He's the one who ends up uh, conquering Jerusalem when the Assyrians couldn't. He destroys the temple um, and, and ushers in this 70-year captivity into Babylon, <clears throat> in Babylon. Okay, so while Nebuchadnezzar, while we have um, in Babylon, you have Daniel, and that's where we get um, all these kind of stories, or at least these visions. So we have the this one here, the, the statue. And then the first one we're going to read, or the next one, happens a long time after Nebuchadnezzar, um, a few kings later. And that's when Daniel has a vision of the four beasts, and that's in Daniel 7. So we'll read that one next. Um, and it says... It happens in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. And he's a few kings past Nebuchadnezzar. So we had this vision during Nebuchadnezzar's reign, and then we'll go later for this one. So um, could somebody read 
Daniel 7, and we'll do verses 1 through 8. And pay attention to the similarities with this vision here. <clears throat> yeah, all right, thank you, Horace. So four beasts, we have the statue of four parts, and we have the four beasts. So if they line up, then let's put these down next to the statue. Babylon being the head of gold would be the same as the first beast, which is what? A lion. Okay. So we have a lion with eagle's wings. Okay. And it says the wings were plucked off, it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the, man, the mind of a man was given to it. You should remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar when he, he is um, exceedingly prideful, loses his mind, becomes basically like a beast for ten years, I think, or some amount of time. And then he gets his mind returned to him. So this kind of, that kind of speaks to that part. Um, all right, the second beast is what? <clears throat> second beast is the bear and it says the bear is raised up on one side on one side with three is it with three ribs and three ribs so the bear three ribs one side three ribs all right the middle bronze uh, correlates to the next one which is what the leopard leopard. Oh, I can't read this, so you just have to remember. The leopard. And the fourth is what? It's not named. No, it just says terrifying and dreadful. Exceedingly strong. Iron teeth. So, iron teeth. So, we'll just say a beast. With iron teeth. Right? Which obviously aligns with the iron legs. And it says it has ten something, right? Ten horns. Iron teeth, ten horns. So these obviously are going to correlate. <clears throat> okay. So Daniel would have got these visions, or this, these would have occurred quite a few years apart, uh, but they, oh, they line up very uh, closely. 
Now we talked about Babylon, right? That's where these uh, these dreams uh, happen. Okay. Um, now the next kingdom we find, right? So the chest and sil- of silver is actually going to be Medo Persian Empire. <clears throat> We know that uh, from Daniel 5. You have the writing on the wall. They have the feast and the writing on the wall. And we see that that night, Belshazzar, who is the current king of Babylon, is conquered by the Persians. Um, And it's kind of a combination of the Medo-Persian Empire. Um, Now, the king who comes over, so here's Media here. Here's Persia. They combine to conquer Babylon, um, and the king who does that is Cyrus. Um, now, uh, to back up a little bit, how did the Medes and the Persians combine? The, uh, so Nebuchadnezzar actually was the brother-in-law of the, the Median king. Um, his name was, uh, what is his name? Astyages, King Astyages. And he, um, he actually, so he had a daughter named Nandane, and, and he had a vision about her, and it said that the, the offspring of his daughter were going to come and conquer all of Asia, including his own kingdom. So he did the smart thing and sent her away um, and actually married her off to a Persian, a uh, Persian named Cambyses, and they together had Cyrus. So Cambyses, Persia at this point is just a tiny little area. It's not very strong. Cambyses is a super nice guy. He's not ambitious. He's not strong. And so uh, Astyages is not worried about that. So he sends his daughter off and she marries this Persian king and Cyrus is born. So um, unlike his father, Cyrus is a little more ambitious and um, we hear about uh, more about Cyrus actually um, 200 years before Daniel is in Babylon. Um, Isaiah talks about Cyrus, and um, that happens in Isaiah 45. So that'll be the next thing we'll read. We'll read about Cyrus in uh, Isaiah 45. So somebody could read that. And um, Isaiah writes around this time here. Isaiah is around 700, maybe 720 B.C. That's when Isaiah is writing as Assyria is conquering Israel. So he's way up here. And, uh, and then you have Daniel down, you know, 200 years later in Babylon getting these visions. So um, could somebody read Isaiah 45, 1 to 7?
He asked us out. So, so 200 years before Cyrus, Isaiah writes that. A couple of things that are interesting on that passage, though, is that you have Cyrus being predicted. He doesn't know God, right? But he is going to be this instrument um, accomplishing God's will. And Cyrus ends up conquering Media, Babylon. Babylon had already conquered Assyria. And he goes... Out and basically, it says in um, what verse six that people may know from the rising of the sun to the east and from the west that there is none beside me. He conquers everything out here to India, all through here, um, and then goes actually all the way out to the Lydian Empire, which is modern day Turkey and the Mediterranean. So, this is all the Mediterranean and kind of conquers this whole thing. And then his son comes down and conquers Egypt. So basically this whole, the whole known world right there is um, conquered by Cyrus. And he goes ahead when he gets, after he conquers, um, after he conquers Babylon, and he has his proclamation where he sends the Israelites back to their land. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's kind of the, um, the key thing to know about Cyrus. Um, one thing to remember, so as he's conquering, right, he goes, he kind of takes the whole center area here, but he goes very far west, um, and he goes all the way to the edge. So the Lydian Empire is here, and he goes all the way to the coastland in Turkey, or this is called Anatolia, or modern-day Turkey. And he goes all the way out here, and then all the way uh, through the Holy Land. Um, and this part's important because when he gets out here to this area, he starts butting up against the Greeks, who are right here. So the Greeks are here and spread all throughout sort of the Mediterranean. But that's when Cyrus starts to butt up against the Greeks. And Cyrus, um, Cyrus, so in Persia, will give, his dates are kind of 560 to 540 B.C. So that's when he takes over uh, uh, Babylon and kind of basically finishes off the whole the whole area there. Um, <clears throat> okay, so working our way down, that's your your kind of Medo-Persian Empire. They're going to extend for a long time, but next we'll talk about. We mentioned the Greeks. The Greeks are our middle bronze here, or our leper. They're our third ones. So I'll put them down. <clears throat> okay. And then also talking, uh, um, we, we hear a little more about the Medes and the Persians. We've got them called the chest of silver, the bear on one side, and the three rim, ribs. The people think the one side, so you have two sides, and one side's a little higher than the other. That would be this combination of Media and Persia. Persia is the stronger one. Cyrus takes it over and expands the empire. So that might be the one side. And then the three ribs... Um, people would say are the kind of three nations he conquers. Um, Lydia being one, uh, Babylon, and then Egypt, his son conquered Egypt. So there's a couple of different ways you could take that. But um, 
Daniel has another vision a couple years later that, again, kind of falls in line with some of these, these visions. So we'll look at that next, and that um, gives us a little more information about these, these con- countries. Um, so we just read chapter 7 was the four beasts. Now we're going to read a little bit out of chapter 8, Daniel 8, <clears throat> which happens just two years later. So two years after this vision, he has another vision, and we'll read a little bit of that. <clears throat> so could somebody read Daniel 8? We'll do uh, verses 1 to 4, I believe. Yeah, 1 through 4. So that's the start. <clears throat> this is this ram. And the ram, we hear later the interpretation, but the ram is the Median and Persian Empire. And you'll remember there's two horns, right? And what do those two horns represent? This combined line of Medes and Persians. And also it says one the, uh, the second horn, right, was higher than the first. So the, the Median kingdom was first, was earlier. It didn't grow as large as the Persian line, which supplanted it. And so that's the two horns. also says that it charges west, north, and south. So <clears throat> Persia is our, our furthest east kind of country, and it goes west to take Babylon and Israel, north to take Lydia and Media and south to take um, Egypt. So that's that's the uh, exploits of Persia. Um, now, uh, this, again, this Persian line, it's not, um, you know, the kind of the, the vision, right, is uh, describes all this action very quickly. There's just a couple sentences, but it's really hundreds of years of history that take place. Um, so let's continue that vision. So um, the next, I think, four verses tell the rest of that vision and take us into the Greeks. So can you finish that?
Yeah. So, so far, the Persians have been the silver, the bear on one side, the ram with two horns. Now we have goat, which only has one horn and conquers all of the ram's territory and the goat we know of <clears throat> as the Greeks. So here we have Greece. Um, and um, who would the single horn uh, represent? Alexander the Great. That's right. He single-handedly um, kind of conquers all of the Persian world. Um, and he's from Macedonia, which is kind of northern, this northern Greece area up here. Um, his father is Philip II, uh, king of Macedonia. And Philip II unites Greece, and then Alexander takes this sort of united Greek um, uh, world right here and spreads it all across Persia and all these other cultures. Um, Philip is the namesake of the city Philippi in Greece. We have a book, Philippians, named after him. So you make a little connection there. Um, um, okay, so there's the um, now again. This that was eight verses, eight verses that covered I don't know three or four hundred years maybe of history right there. Um, the big thing, the big thing to note that's kind of skipped over between. I guess we'll put a date here for Alexander. So we'll put Alexander here and the Greeks good date for him he finally conquers Persia and the um, and the final Persian king he conquers is Darius the third so Darius the third doesn't have the like extent of the Persian Empire at its at its peak but is still the, the reigning um, kind of the at least controls a large majority of it he's the last one and Alexander comes in and conquers him in what year? Does anybody know? Roughly, exactly. We'll say 330. That's roughly when he finishes his conquest of the world. <clears throat> so, you have Cyrus in 560, 540 doing that. That's when he comes all the way out here and butts up against the Greeks. And then for about 200 years, there's back and forth struggle between the Greeks and Persians until Alexander, in 330, takes over all of the uh, all of the holdings. Um, okay, so why is that important? Well, we, that's important because the New Testament was written in Greek. And that's why we've come to this point. Um, we're, we've been talking a little bit about the context for the Old Testament, but... There's Alexander sort of bridges the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that's the, the important part. Obviously, 330 years later, we have Jesus' birth. Um, and then there's one more empire, the legs of iron, the beast with the iron teeth, which is what? Rome. Which is Rome. That we'll save for a later date because there's just so much to talk about them. Um, but that gives at least a good a good start with uh, with the Greeks and the transition into Greeks. Um, and I think um, let's see the last thing we'll talk about because we're kind of getting yeah we're getting to our time is 
uh, Acts. <clears throat> We're going to talk about Acts 2. Um, so could somebody read Acts 2, 1 to 12, and we'll finish up with this. This has a little bit, a little bit to do with today. Just a Uh, 2, Acts 2, 1 to 12. So this is why um, Alexander the Great and the spread of the kind of the Greek world is important. Um, if you look at the map that I handed out that there was a few copies of, um, there is only one spot in this list that we just heard from Pentecost that's not on that map. Um, everything else is within this Greek world. Can you find all of the things on this map? And what's the one that's not on So we can go through these. Um, you should see Parthia. Right? Parthia is down here. Parthia. It's on there. Medes, we already talked about the Medians. Elamites, that's Persia. Elam is down here, Persia. What else? Mesopotamia, this is all Mesopotamia. Judea, we know, obviously. Cappadocia, I believe, is. Where is Cappadocia? here by the Black Sea, Cappadocia. Okay. Where else? Pontus is not on the map, but this is the region of Pontus next to the Black Sea. It's a Roman. These are all Roman um, uh, I guess uh, counties, governments, um, territories, so that's kind of why they're going through there. Pontus, Phrygia, we have 
Uh, Phrygia is over here. Phrygia, what else? Pamphylia is uh, right here. Pamphylia. So what's not on the map? <clears throat> Asia is on the map. Asia is just this whole area, but for Romans, Asia would be kind of in here. This area, Cyrene is on the map. Down here, I think. Maybe it's not named, but it's included, right? Pretty much everything. Lydia, right, is here next to Egypt. So Egypt, Lydia. So all these people, right, have come to Jerusalem. <clears throat> so they're all here. And um, Cretans, this is the island of Crete. Or no, this is Cyprus, this is Crete. Crete, Cyprus, and what's the other one? Arabs, Saudi Arabia, Arabia is there. So the only one is the one that's over here, the boot, Rome, yeah. We, have, we don't have Rome yet, and we already talked about that. He's so, that's the context for the uh, New Testament a little bit, and that's it. <clears throat> Any questions? Yes? Yes. The goat, yeah. <clears throat> yes, there's four of them. Yeah, yeah. So they, they break up into a Greek empire, uh, Egyptian empire, the, the Ptolemies. Yep, and then uh, there's one here, and then the whole eastern area is one. But yeah, four distinct pieces. Yep, that's what the uh, those the horns mean. Yeah. Nice, and that, that is a, that's the period of history between, yeah, 330 after he dies. Um, and it says, too, uh, I think, we didn't really get into a lot of the details, but I think it says, like, at the height of his power. So right when he was strongest, basically, he conquers, and then immediately he immediately dies. And it's taken over by four of his generals. I don't know if it's... Yes. <clears throat> Um, I don't know, except that it's a super long ways, and that they're all coming from this area. Um, this the Indus River is in is like the border of India. That's Pakistan, I think, but but is where kind of India would start. There's a lot of what's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nobody can get through Afghanistan. Um, you you have all sorts of you know Indian countries and nations and stuff over there that they've run into. Um, so, obviously there's a lot going on in the rest of the world, but the history that is closest to the Bible doesn't go past that. And I think they continually go further and farther. That's just where they end. Yeah. Might be the elephants. There's lots of elephants there, and the, the cavalry can't get through the elephants. I don't know. Good question, though. Any other questions? Hopefully there, we didn't have too much on here, just kind of a lot.
All right. Next time, though, next time, if I ever get a chance to come back, maybe we'll talk about the four. Alexander is breaking up into four and sort of the immediate political scene that you get to when when the New Testament starts. So I think that's pretty important. With the Maccabees, the Maccabean wars, it's really important for understanding what people are expecting and used to. Um, and then obviously, Rome. We've got to get to some Rome stuff. <clears throat> All right, I'll pray and then we will wrap up. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you would be with um, Dan today as he preaches the word. Thank you for um, the again the wedding, and uh, please be with Sean and Sarah as they go forward. Bless our time today and uh, our fellowship, and um, thank you for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on us uh, all. In Jesus' name, amen.